My father, he thinks I'm insane. From the writers of Lost and the creators of Once Upon a Time. You claimed you'd travel to this place. Wonderland. You fell in love with the genie. I'm going to find him. She's not the Alice you thought you knew. I sense that you can take care of yourself. Thursday, the search for her lost love begins. All right, Robert, take your home. Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Series premiere Thursday at 8, 7 central. Followed by an all-new Grey's Anatomy and Scandal on ABC. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Homeland After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Homeland After Show. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Bing is for doing. Hello. And we are doing the Homeland Afterbuzz show here at Afterbuzz. Hi. I am not Thaddeus. And, uh, and across from me is not Lauren or John or Lamar or anybody. <laughs> this is Dua. And this is Nando. Nando Velasquez and Dua Casey. Welcome. Uh, we are just, uh, well, well, kind of filling in. You're filling in. I actually yeah. just got added on to uh, Homeland this week, so I was really excited to be having <laughs> having a conversation with the hosts. But uh, but we're we're, yeah. we're and this is exciting. The last time in. I sat across from you, we were interviewing Richard Harmon a few months ago, and oh that was goodness. you and I again. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Bates Motel. A, yeah, it's gonna be a good 45 minutes. It's gonna be a good 45 <laughs> minutes. So hopefully, you guys will be having a good time uh, along with us as we recap episode two, season three mm-hmm. of Homeland. So. Uh, uh, let's get going. And Steve, uh, Steven is producing and just doing a big uh, air drum solo to uh, to this jazz riff. So that was awesome. Thanks, Steve. They're making my day. Anyway, so let's go. Let's get I feel started. Like I need a cigar now. It's like yeah, totally. So uh, first of all, I'm really. I, I just want to say for myself, I'm really psyched to be doing this show uh, because I am a huge fan of Homeland with its ups and its downs. Even even when it hasn't been as good mm-hmm. uh, in, in parts of season two, which I think a lot of people uh, more or less agree with uh, that season one was the the benchmark. Yeah, right. It that was, it still is really captivating TV. Yeah, I, and I think that in the beginning of season one, watching the show, knowing how good it was, it's difficult to know from season one which direction. Like, it's going to be hard to kind of keep it going. Yeah, knowing once you know, once everything was revealed, once Brody, you found out that he was a terrorist. He's not a terrorist. This show is great with master manipulation. Mm. In the show, you never know who to trust. You never know what somebody's ulterior motive is. And I love the fact that it keeps me in suspense. Yes, I really love that. Oh, and this season so far. At least it seemed very, very different than the first two. Uh, as far as well, first of all, the most obvious thing is Damian Lewis, who is is he's on the picture. Uh-huh. We haven't even seen him yet. We have no idea what's going on with his character Brody. I think that I think it's actually probably going to be a few episodes in before they even introduce him again. Actually, it's going to be next week. Oh, is it? Yeah. 
Are you I'm sure? I'm spoiling it right now. It's oh, gonna be okay. I haven't seen an episode. I just, saw, but from the thing? Uh, yeah, I've been looking some stuff up, and it's been it's been touted that he returns. And also, there were some, for people who don't like to look at scenes from next week, yeah. they did show a little teaser with him, but it's pretty much been announced that he was going to be out the first two weeks. So okay. it's been really interesting not having one of the main characters, although and, it's added a lot of tension, yep. n- wondering what happened to him since where, he went where, on. The, where is he? Which is good, because I think Carrie's going to need a little rest after this episode. Well, this episode <laughs> was very... Very female heavy between Carrie and and Dana, his daughter. But let's let's get started actually with Carrie because last week's episode we got to see Carrie watching uh, the Senate subcommittee hearing yes. and seeing Saul, what she claims Saul, throw her under the bus under a big Mack truck and just jump up and right. down and and which he really you know what I don't think he really threw her under the bus. Number one, I think that she kind of th- she forced him to do it and gave him no choice. Yeah, like what position what decision was he supposed to make in the position that he was in Mm. after she created that crazy scene at the restaurant last episode and i'm talking about episode one in season three now Mm -hmm. like you you leave somebody no choice he had to do that Mm -hmm. um he didn't name names which was a good thing yeah but then she flies off the handle and i gotta tell you as much i mean she has an emmy i think that claire danes is an amazing actress she's she's spot on accurate with the way that she portrays somebody with this disorder but it was exhausting watching her this episode. <laughs> it was. She yeah. was so high strung all the time. Like it's gotta be and you and I said it when we were screening, it's gotta be exhausting playing that role. Just the head movements that she does and the facial tics that she develops. And and you know, there was a lot of conversation uh, about it in last week's podcast with mm-hmm. uh John and Thaddeus and John just saying, Yeah, same old thing. I mean we've seen this yep. before last season, whenever she gets called out or yep. kicked off the FBI. But I really don't agree a hundred percent with that. I, I well first of all she's being She's bipolar, so mm-hmm. she's obviously going to have certain go-tos that someone who is Her going through basis, this much stress yeah, is going through. But I really feel like last season, it was a lot more about also her her love for mm-hmm. Brody, and even though there still is this love, uh, I don't, I don't know what you want to call it, a love thing, this relationship she has with Brody. She obviously mm-hmm. still is preaching his innocence, saying yeah. he's not guilty. This yeah. is somebody who's on the ropes. This is somebody who just got called out, even though her name wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. She feels humiliated, yep. and she feels thrown under bus, and she feels everyone's yeah. against her. So you can notice. I actually, I, I personally feel like I notice the difference between her being unraveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, her reacting last season, her being completely unhinged right now. Yeah, well, I didn't see her. The only time that I saw her unhinged in this way was at the end of season one mm. when she knew about the bomb and yeah. she was trying to get to everybody. And there's that moment of desperation and she was completely, absolutely insane. Yeah. And she's unhinged like that again. And I think that they're doing this and I'm hoping that they're doing this for the first couple of episodes to remind the audience, hey, don't forget She's crazy. You know, just in case. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> yeah. she's crazy. Yeah. Just just to kind of remind the audience, because it's also when a season goes on hiatus mm-hmm. and when a show goes on hiatus, you kind of forget. You're like, oh, let, you remind me again what this. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping that the couple of uh, the first few episodes are kind of just to remind us like what the feel and the cadence of the show is yeah. before they really start opening new storylines. Um, and I'm hoping that they open some more storylines and it's not just, you know, same thing, yeah. different day, like, uh, J- David was saying. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, John was John, saying that. that yeah. John was saying. I'm sorry. John. No, that's fine. Uh, well, here's a couple, <laughs> couple of things. I mean, first of all, she's off her meds, which, which we're all aware of from last episode. Hey, she's running six miles a day. Come on now. <laughs> and she's meditating. <laughs> yes. And she's probably breathing a lot. Yes. I don't know. And, you know, so she's okay. Yeah. She's okay. As, yeah. you, as she freaks her head out, I'm moving she's, all she's over. Fine. The place. She's, she's fine. She's fine. She's okay. fine. <laughs> she's, it's like she's got like eight cups of coffee <laughs> while she's saying this yeah. whole thing. It's really crazy. But her neck she, hurt. <laughs> oh, her neck must hurt. My neck hurts just watching it. Yeah. Uh, but she's she's off her meds, and I think one thing that was really big when she was uh, first admitted to the psych ward. Well, first of all, of course, she's going to a reporter, and she's about to reveal classified information mm-hmm. and say how the CIA knew about the suicide vest and Brody, yeah. which would have been huge if that got revealed. Um, I don't I, like I don't work for the CIA. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anybody that does, but I'm guessing that that's a big no no. That's a yeah. You I would can't say a big talk no-no. to the press, and this is her fighting back. This is her reacting to what she thinks she got you know thrown under the bus and mm-hmm. and defamation and all this she's just reacting blindly mm-hmm. uh but one interesting thing is when she got admitted she pretty much said she can't be on the meds and and she might have referred to this in the first episode but it was a lot more clear i think in this one mm-hmm. that she can't be it it it, it it takes her off her game. She yeah. misses things. She still holds. She said it in the Senate hub subcommittee hearing in the beginning of episode one. She pretty much says it's her fault that this happened. Yeah. She takes all the blame. And I, that's the one thing that I really love about uh, her character is that she, at the end of the day, she's just somebody that has passion that really just it wants to do what's best for her country. Yeah. She really does have this honorable intention and motivation, but she just, that's, that she's just so chaotic mm-hmm. and everything is around chaos. But you'll also notice that nine times out of 10, she's also right. Yeah. You know, so her going to the press and saying that this is, you know, this is what she's doing. They have to set up the big lie. Mm. That's exactly what they're going to do. Like they need a fall person. They need somebody to blame for this whole entire thing. Yeah. She, she put up the pins. She set them up for them, you know, and now they're going to, now they have somebody perfect to blame, you know, for this whole thing. So she's, she's spot on accurate. Yeah. And oh, she's, she's right about it. She's it's she's crazy, <laughs> but she's crazy and right. There's a thin line <laughs> between that, genius and insanity. Well, that's very true. That's yeah. very true. Uh, I believe. Uh, yeah. What is it? Um, Aquarians. There are more presidents that are Aquarians than any other sign. Excuse me for getting all spiritual here for a second, but there's also apparently, <laughs> but there's apparently also a lot of Aquarians that are in mental institutions. I read this fact that was really interesting. interesting. Aquarians have like the most crazy people, but also the most brilliant people. It's interesting. Really are, are you are you an Aquarian? I am an Aquarian. Yeah, there it is. I don't there know. it is, ladies that's and gentlemen. I, that's how I researched that. That's how I was like, whoa, that's interesting. So I could be a president, or yep. I could be in a psych ward. Yep. Or right. you could kill the president. There's the, the two. And then be in a psych ward. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Thanks. No. <laughs> well, Thanks for my career option. Just... <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but um, again, it's just uh, amazing performance from uh, Claire Danes. Just mm-hmm. spot on from what she's doing. Yeah. And uh, and just even that last scene when she's finally in – it's kind of like something from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She's it finally was... medicated and yeah. completely like – practically catatonic but she still has the uh, energy to just give a just fuck you yeah we had to rewind it i I could not tell what she was and her mouth was all like is that what happened what is she on she on like lithium or something is that what her mouth oh i you know i think it was lithium they they mentioned it last week uh her dad mentioned it to her i think it was lithium you're off your lithium yeah i think he did say that yeah um and of course leave it to mandy patinkin's character saul to go up to her like is she medicated is she medicated or i'm gonna go talk to her now (laughs) (laughs) is she is she strapped up 
Was yeah. she strapped? Can she yeah. hit me? <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, good. I'm sorry. Now, do you think that he was sincere in that apology? I think so. I, you know, there was a lot of conversations from last week's podcast I was listening to about whether or not Saul really was throwing her under the bus or if he has a game plan. I don't uh, – just to put my point of view on it, I don't mm-hmm. think he has a game plan, but I do think I agree with you. I, I don't think he. Does I don't either. think he had one at all. But I think at the same time, he he's got to save the CIA because mm-hmm. right now he is the only thing that's probably keeping the CIA from from getting its charter revoked, mm-hmm. as he mentioned in the last episode. Yep. And he still cares about Claire, but he, he oh, excuse me, not Claire. He still cares about um, Carrie, mm-hmm. but uh, he's got to be able to try and balance the line between both, and also the fact that Carrie sh- proves. She's a liability. She needs a lot of babysitting at this point. Yep. You know, Saul's got to take care of the CIA mm-hmm. and make sure that Carrie doesn't take him and the whole CIA under. Because because yeah. he's not just thinking selfishly. I mean, Carrie's thinking very selfishly. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Claire, she, I don't, excuse I don't me, think, pardon me. Claire is thinking that, selfishly. I think that she. I think that she uh, is just being reactive, and that's kind of how she's. Uh, what she, but there's always there is a relationship between. Saul and Carrie that will net that will always be he will always be nurturing he will always have a soft spot in his heart for her and she will always run to him to when she, bitch and whine mm-hmm. and and complain and I know it sounds like I'm harping on her character but no she's just someone who's very stressed out mm-hmm. and and obviously with her condition and he's and with a confidant their job. and he's a confidant yep. but now He's her boss. Before he was the mediary between her and Estes. Yes, but he was still her supervisor. Wasn't he was still he? her supervisor, but he was also on her side. Now he's on her side, but he can't. He doesn't have someone like Estes that he could try and convince. Because ultimately, Estes was the fall guy. Yeah. If something wrong goes yeah. happen, they go to the top. Now he's dead. Yeah. Exactly. Oh dear. What? what? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Steve uh, was trying to give I, me a note. I still, I still, we're never good at taking notes on the sly. Yeah. Well, you know what? Before we move on, let me, uh, let me talk about uh, a brand new show on ABC on oh. October 10th. Oh yeah? Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Oh, I heard about this. Yes. It's a spinoff from Once Upon a Time, uh-huh. which is a really popular After Buzz show here. They do a really good recap here. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, it's starring Naveen Andrews from Lost. As oh. well as Sophie Lowe, uh-huh. uh, Emma Rigby, Michael Sosha, John Lithgow as the White Rabbit. I can I can imagine John him. Lithgow as the White Rabbit. John Lithgow as the White, ra- oh, white Rabbit. Totally. So it's uh, Alice's uh, search for her lost love. You know, it's got to be romance in there too. Of course. So, yeah. It's a fairy so, tale. Yeah, of course. And it begins. Uh, it begins on October 10th, which is Thursday coming up. So mm-hmm. at eight central on ABC, and it's you know if it's anything like Once Upon a Time, it should be really really good. Nice. Are it, we do, we're doing the afterbuzz on it, right? I'm too? sure we're doing the afterbuzz on. Oh it. yeah. So tune into that, then tune into the afterbuzz. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. So this Thursday, this, this Thursday, this Thursday, October 10th. Very good. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Okay. So uh, anyway, moving on, let's talk a little bit about there's a new character that was introduced. You know, I didn't get a chance to look up uh, the actress's name, but the character is Farah. Yes. Which is, uh, let me look at my notes. She's, she's the transaction expert that Saul, uh, called she's in. She's just a transaction expert. Cause when she walked in and she was doing, doing some stuff, I was wondering if Carrie wasn't in the position that she was in right now, would Carrie be doing the stuff that, so she kind of in a way like Carrie's replacement, just she's not on ops. Yeah. Is that, would be, that be her role? 
Uh, I believe so. Okay. So I yeah. So. so I looked the face. Did you see Saul's face when she walked in the door for the yeah. first time? Well, yeah, exactly. You said you said you got a love moment. <laughs> I was like, was that love at first <laughs> was sight? That or was a love that, moment. Or was that I'm just like, sheer shock. That was sheer shock. <laughs> I mean, it started out pretty much with her walking into uh, the CIA building, in, mm-hmm. into the building, and yeah, I mean, just seeing a girl with the traditional Muslim garb mm-hmm. walking in. Even mm-hmm. even in a very businesslike fashion, so mm-hmm. it was, still wasn't super conservative, but mm-hmm. but it was very apparent who she was. That's a very shocking yeah. uh, imagery to yeah. see that, and then to find out that she's working under under Saul. She's new. She's incredibly new. She's incredibly young looking. Very this is green. not what you would think yeah. an expert would look like. Yeah. And uh, and of course, Saul Saul mentioned the fact that she wears this thing over her head as a giant. Excuse my language, because we're safe. Saying it's a it's a giant fuck you to the people who would have been her coworkers if they if they yep. survived the attack on Langley. Yeah, that that for me that seems so uncharacteristic of Saul. He's normally so composed yeah. and really like thinks things through and doesn't react that way. And when he said that, I was like, holy crap! He, this like this must be him at his wit's end. I'm surprised the technical advisor on this show didn't. Mention if she's going to wear the traditional Muslim gar- the hijab, yeah. um, all of your hair needs to be covered. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She had she had a whole part of her hair yeah. out, which, I mean, technically is not correct. I'm not sure if we're... I'm, I'm guessing it's a very liberal interpretation of, of, of how you're is. supposed to dress. Yeah. Uh, maybe a more modern Americanized version. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, don't quote me on this. I'm, I'm just making a, a leap yeah. here, <laughs> the, <laughs> so to speak. The, the person in wardrobe was like, no, it'd look better this way. <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's to L.A. It's to L.A. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I want to say, first of all, there were a lot of really awesome uh, scenes acting scenes mm-hmm. uh, in this episode I Th- thought there were it, it, you know I mean Kara, on off in most at most of these episodes there are a lot of actors there's like, a lot if you really pay attention to to just the scene work just amazing I mean of course Claire Danes all over this episode especially dealing with the facial tics and everything but mm-hmm. I'd have to say Mandy Patankin dressing down that character Farah mm-hmm. with the, you know that giant fu and saying if you're going to wear that thing you better be the best damn analyst there is yeah. to do this. I just thought it was an amazing, amazing, well done epi- uh, uh, scene mm-hmm. where he's like browbeating her, but then yep. you see that the passion from that one line. You better be the best damn analyst there yep. is if you're going to be here wearing that. Yep, come here uh, with a plan. Don't, yeah. yeah, like have a plan. Come with a plan, and uh-huh. she certainly did have her moment too. Uh, the actress, I have to look her up. So yeah, uh, she did. She had her moment, and it was it was. It, and it's, it, she brought it. He was like, you know what? Bring it. In that in that scene, he was like, you better bring it. And she had her moment. She had her moment where she had these huge balls. Yeah. In in the in the <laughs> who would have con- known under that thing she yeah, had balls? Yes. That, under that thing she was wearing. In this conference room with <laughs> lawyers and bankers and people with tons of money and all this power, and she's she's sitting there and she finally she has this like Aaron Brockovich moment. Yeah. Where she, you know, talk, and I, you could tell you could see Mandy Patinkin's face, or I should call him Sal. Sorry, you should see Sal's face where Sal. he. In, uh, sorry, Saul's face when he was very almost like proud of her yeah. in a way. And I think that they're going to develop a very, very good relationship. And we'll get more into that scene because I don't, I don't want to get – well, I guess we could talk a little bit about the bankers because she was there to pretty much uh, follow the money, mm-hmm. as Saul said, because from Quinn's uh, mission in Caracas uh, in the last week's episode where mm-hmm. he killed that banker and the nine-year-old kid, yep. he was able to get a laptop that would have information that they figured had information on mm-hmm. on the attack on Langley and where it came from. Mm-hmm. So she uh, ended up 
having this plan mm-hmm. to go after the bankers. Follow the money is an ongoing theme. I don't know if you noticed that, but they had it in season one, mm-hmm. two. They said follow the money, yeah. and they found the necklace, which was which they had traded for the money to provide housing for those two terrorists. Oh, that's this right. is in uh, season yeah. one, so that's always like always follow the money. If there's just that's just a tip for for you folks. At I home. think well, I think it's very sensible, uh, a sensible plan. I mean, not just to follow the money, but I think it, it makes sense for an organization like the CIA mm-hmm. to have that kind of a plan. I could see it being recurring. Yep. I'm sure. I've, I feel like I've seen that in other type of shows, like this, somewhat like this genre, where you have a a, a law enforcement agency trying to track something down. So and that, you will, and that's yeah, yeah. it's very very smart because yeah. everything needs money. It's a little, I, I don't want to say cliche, but I, I feel like saying cliche. I've seen it before, but obviously in Homeland, it really hits home because uh, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> it, it really hits there because it's just uh, it's just a very smart. I mean, they have no clues, and this is this is the only way they can try and find out. And they end up bringing in a bunch of bankers. Uh, from this one firm mm-hmm. that has dealings with, uh, we Iran. find out with Iran. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just beautiful on so many levels, this scene with the bankers too, just because I, I'm sure it just feels very truthful in a way that there are people out there that don't really care where, you know, in, in the financial make- institution, they probably don't care what their clients um, do with money. Of course. And they have no problem making their clients money as long as it makes them rich, too. Of course. And they don't pay attention to it. And in this scene in particular, they're pretty much deleting names of Iranians just because they don't they want to avoid a U.S. legal breach. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I mean, the question there would be, are these guys in essence terrorists or criminals themselves well, I, I would think yeah and that that's what made her that's what made her monologue so poignant and just and she was like you're asking you're asking how we found out this information yeah what you but you're completely you know you're not asking you know what um like like in other words you know exactly what's going on oh, yeah and you have no moral like problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, I it's loved just, her yeah. line. She said, uh, "Your your bank has been trafficking human misery since the opium wars, and that's your mission statement." <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's like really wow. It really hits home. It was a really powerful yeah. statement that Farah made at, at these bankers. Yeah. And then I thought it was almost the more the most cowardly way. Like when Saul is is telling them and showing them email, showing that guy an email that he wrote saying mm-hmm. delete all, you know, don't talk about Iran. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just sitting there and taking it. But once the inexperienced technical analyst who is Muslim uh-huh. is starting to give him a, a little bit of a, her, like what for, uh-huh. he's like, you know, excuse me, ma'am, but, uh, uh, you know, in this country, that's, that's a- not the way you ask for help. Yeah. And he storms out as if she's the reason why he gets, he yeah. was like, oh wow, I get, I get an angle to look kind of badass and walk mm-hmm. out on the, uh, on the Muslim person or something yep. I, I i thought all around it was such a brilliant beautiful scene as well it with her was really really well done and then quinn kind of sneaking in there and and watching mm-hmm. as well which i thought was uh was a really good touch especially with what happens with quinn later uh before i get into quinn though yes i'd also want to talk about the fact uh, it's been a while since i've done this so i'm trying to remember no. that uh we're available on itunes if you're if you're watching a streaming oh, yeah. awesome uh, or on our website on AfterBuzzTV.com, which you can see us live streaming right now if you if you were tuning in live. Yes. But uh, also our show, and I'm sure like, oh, God, I don't even know the number anymore, like 50 other shows uh, that we do at AfterBuzz are all available on iTunes. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to us on iTunes, awesome, then uh, please subscribe. 
if you have subscribed, then please rate us. Uh, we'd love to get a rating. Uh, <laughs> Tell we a lo- friend. <laughs> we love fives, uh, <laughs> as uh, one of my other co-hosts that I work with sometimes mm-hmm. loves to say. We love fives, and please tell us what you think. We we love mm-hmm. to lead uh, to read the comments. Oh, and, and on a little out. a little sidebar too, if you do yeah. want to rate and comment, I know that you and I were talking about what had happened. They talked about this last episode too on the AfterBuzz. What happened to Mike? And I can't remember either, and it's been driving me insane. Yeah. So if anybody knows what happened to Mike, please rate and comment, or please comment about that. I was reading it. I was going to look. I didn't have a chance to, to really uh, look at the finale, but apparently he was in the finale from some new, some Google articles I pulled up. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like he was almost uh, rectifying a relationship with Jessica uh again like kind of it like was. they were going to have an affair they were going to ha- they either did or they were about to have an affair yeah. right around the time that him cuz Brody and Carrie were going to have their yeah. affair and then Jessica and Mike were going to have their affair and it was to the point they were they were all like they're spending a lot of time together yeah. and then there was the explosion and I forgot about what happened yeah and either he's just not there. Well, to be was... honest, I, I know Lauren seems to have a crush on Mike. He was saying how she'd rather have Mike than than Brody, but yeah. I really, obviously, I don't really care either way. But I think oh. I think his uh, oh, role. You, you don't care whether or not you'd have Mike or Brody. I just want yeah. Jessica. Yeah. I'd be happy with Jessica. <laughs> Marina Backrin? Yeah, no freaking problem. I will take the guy that killed the little boy. What's his name? I'll take him. <laughs> Quit. Not because he killed the little boy, yeah. but I did. Oh, but, yeah. You yeah. like it. You like a bad guy. I know. You like That's a bad guy. I totally There's do. There's no way to backpedal from totally that. Totally do. <laughs> oh, but, uh, dear. <laughs> no, but, uh, but I think really, um, Mike's role in the show really just about ended right there anyway. I mean, yeah. you, he was really a foil for Brody, but now that everything's out in the open about Brody and he's on the run, there isn't really much of a need for Mike to be having an affair with Jessica. I mean, for all for all I care, they could be having an affair, but it doesn't really serve the story for us to see it. Correct. That's true. Yeah. However, I think that it would, I feel like Jessica's in such a weird place, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but having somebody to fall back on, yeah. just the same way that Dana has somebody to fall back on and mm-hmm. makes it apparently worth living, yeah. um, would help her. I think that it could feed a little bit. But if they just kind of cut, you know, I think it's just driving, because if they just kind of cut off his storyline without really giving a huge explanation. I have more on Mike anyway, though. I was going to say for news and gossip. So we'll oh. talk about Mike. Oh. Nice little tease. Nice oh. little segue Thank you. into that, which we'll do later. <laughs> All right. Uh, but let's talk about your favorite hunk of a man on this show, apparently, yeah. now, now that I found out, which is Quinn. Um, why do I Peter always Qu- want to call him Owen? I don't know why. <laughs> Does he remind you of Owen? I'm, I have no idea. Does he remind you of an Owen? Um, no. So Quinn, 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 the mysterious, the mysterious. You assassin. say it so many times. It's he's still going to look the same. Yes. It doesn't if matter I, how many times you say it, it's going to look the same. Oh, so if I say his name three times, he doesn't appear. It's not in like front Beetlejuice. Yeah. No, he's not Beetlejuice. <laughs> not Beetlejuice at all. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so Quinn, I think, is going to have an interesting storyline. Yeah. I'll save some of that for predictions. Um, but he's definitely that scene with him and uh, Saul. Yeah. He's, he's, I think, going to be on a path that he's going to like Pulp Fiction, Samuel L. Jackson, be like a be like a man that walks the earth. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally know what you're saying. Um, I mean, the interesting thing about Quinn for me this season in particular is he's just so much more human. I mean, I guess from being a cold blooded killer and Mm -hmm. and the things that uh, that he does Mm -hmm. even before like that was alluded to before he was introduced last season yeah uh to right now i mean i i find it really interesting that after the death of a nine-year-old boy that he would be that unraveled himself he'd be very he'd be very unrelatable if that were the case i i feel like for someone in his line of work who's probably had to do a lot of a very morally 
wrong things, mm-hmm. but do it for the good of the country. Yeah. That, that this kind of surprises me a little bit. I think part of it obviously has to do with Carrie and just seeing Carrie who, who he learned to like and trust, even mm-hmm. though he, he didn't. He came in to really watch over her and Brody and, and, mm-hmm. and kill Brody. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's, he's definitely been moved by that. And it's just interesting his, uh, his reactions. What I thought was really, really interesting when he went to the psych ward to visit Carrie, mm-hmm. he, um, he said pretty much. He now, was alluded. that on his own accord? He did that, or was he sent he by did Saul? That, no, he did that on his own accord. Okay. Yeah, he totally did just, that. Just just because own he's, accord. it's like he's being compassionate and was yeah. it was concerned. Yeah. He, okay. You know, and I I, I believe that. I believe mm-hmm. he went there on his own. I mean, you could tell when he talked to Saul afterwards. He told Saul, by the way, I went over to see her. Yeah. But what I thought was really interesting when he's busy trying to talk, uh, carry off the ledge, pretty much. He he alluded to the fact that what he was hired to do last season. Mm-hmm. He looted. There were targets. You yeah. know, you don't know what was going on before that attack on Langley. There was there were people being targeted. There were things being talked about that you have no idea about. Yep. He's pretty much telling her that he was gonna he was gonna if he had to he was gonna put a bullet through both her and Brody if need be. Interesting. Uh, so I thought that was a really interesting revealing line. Huh? I you did. know what? I didn't even catch that. That's, yeah. That was really. That was that kind of that's just a little bit of like foreshadowing of what they could reveal in in future episodes. Oh my goodness! Imagine if she like, knew that truth. I mean, yeah. obviously this was Estes under Estes. It wasn't under uh, Saul, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't think she'd be able to react much. You know, it's typical Estes not trusting, anybody. not trusting anybody. Yeah, but uh, it would still freak her out. I think if she found yeah. out, yeah, she would not trust Quinn at all if she finds that out eventually. But right now, she's got worse things to worry about. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, but Quinn just being very sympathetic. Staying for the commitment hearing mm-hmm. with uh, with Carrie and trying to, everyone trying to sit, get Carrie back on her meds as she's freaking out in that uh, commitment meeting and just making things worse for herself. Um, but uh, but then also just that conversation with Saul that he wants out when this is all over. He again, this is a man who you would imagine has had to do some very morally duplicitous things. So what? Why career. this time? Yeah. Why this time? Well, Saul. Have... Well, Saul says it's because of a nine-year-old boy. I, I think. There's I a... think that's precisely what it is. Yeah. I okay. think that he. Yeah. I. I mean, I don't think that you can kill a nine-year-old without kind of yeah. making. You know, you screwed up. It wasn't you. You go to kill somebody. You kill a target. You do it because mm-hmm. they, they've done something wrong. But when you kill an innocent child. And it's interesting because this isn't a fir- the first time the death of a child has really arced well, a character. This is this is what pretty much caused what exactly. happened in Homeland. As as he's, um, yeah, I mean, and uh, I like how those parallel. Yeah, because it's saying that these it's there's no definitive good guy or bad guy. Mm-hmm. There's no hero anti hero. It is these are just human beings. Yeah, and situations in their lives will arc who their characters become. Yeah. And I love that. I still feel, and, and this is just me, so you can just cross me off as crazy as well if you sure. want. You know, Done. Done? Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, I just think that if Quinn shot a nine-year-old boy in the same instance before he met all these people in Homeland, before mm-hmm. he was before he got his assignment, yeah, I think it would be a very different Quinn. Interesting. A very different Quinn reacting. I don't think he would be as uh, – I think it's just this with the combination of what the attack on Langley, mm-hmm. knowing how brilliant Cl- um, Carrie is even though yep. <laughs> she's also incredibly flawed and, and incredibly unstable yep. and uh, just the, the whole combination of everything. So yeah. I think I think the easy answer is just to pigeonhole it 
into a yeah he shot a nine year old boy that's why he's acting this way but mm-hmm. I really think I really think this is a man that's changed a lot mm-hmm. from when we first saw him he's as a result up. of everything he's gr- he's growing up he's growing up in a very special episode of Homeland <laughs> Peter Quinn grows up when he kills a nine year old boy <laughs> tune in next week. <laughs> I like that library. <laughs> I like that he, but you still see a good, in that last scene, you still see Quinn when he's yeah. like, hi. Um, he approaches the banker and he is like, look, he's like, I, I'm not, I'm not a young lady. I'm yeah. still who I am. Ugh. You better do what you ask, <laughs> you know? And then, and then, uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? Farah? Yeah, Farah, which I found her name. Farah's name. Oh, I just pulled it up. It's, I'm going to say, I'm going to butcher this name. Obviously, it's, it's, a, it's, he's ethnic, so it's a very, uh, long name. Nazanin Bonadini. Bonadi. I don't know. What else has she done? Hold on. Let me, right. let me use my handy little app and see what else she's done. I like when she asks Saul, she's like, where did, where did they get this information when they're talking about how all of the bank records have now just appeared at yeah. the CIA? Mm-hmm. And Saul's like, I don't think you want to know. Oh my goodness. What? Oh wow. She, uh, her best known role outside of, of what's going to be her best known role, I think, Homeland. Yeah. Cause she's, I thought she was phenomenal. This she's going to be good. Was she was uh, a love interest to, uh, Barney Stinson, to Neil Patrick Harrison, How I Met Your Mother. I think I know which one that Seriously? is. Yeah. Well, you know, they've had so many love interests, but I think she's been one that was a recurring character. I think she was she the was, one before. She's like girl number two. I know. I think three. she was the last girl before he finally decided to um, go with Colby Smulders' character with, um, yeah. I have not seen as many episodes of How I Met Your That's Mother fine. than you would I like. Know. It's legend. But- <laughs> no, <I'm- laughs> Excuse me. Oh, dear. Oh, uh, by the way, while we're on other TV shows, uh, I, I saw that someone gave uh, us a four-star rating um, because Lauren said that uh, Homeland is better than Breaking Bad. I love Homeland, but no comparison. Oh, my goodness. No no, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I, I will. I just want to say. Yeah. I will agree. I'm just, I'm sad that Breaking Bad is over. I think it, there's just, there's so many, it's not, it's just not even, it, they're two yeah. completely different shows. Two completely different shows. You can't. I love Breaking Bad though, so I would definitely it's, side with that guy. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, at the very least, put them on separate pedestals. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I kind of freaked out too when I heard that. I'm like, yeah. really? You're gonna, you're gonna make that statement? Don't yeah. make that statement. Yeah, cause that, it's just, yeah. it's not just like talking, it's like you don't talk about religion. And nothing against Lauren. I know and she's you know. giving her point of view. I'm not trying to say, Lauren, you're wrong. I'm just trying to say, yeah. oh my god, I, how can you say that? Breaking that was so awesome. Okay, yes. anyway, let's and move forward. And Breaking Bad is over now. It's like it's like a dead relative. You yeah. can never talk badly about a dead relative. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's it's, move on. Uh, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I couldn't help that. But that scene with Quinn um, talking to the banker mm-hmm. and pretty much saying, "Hey, your colleague He's and so his badass. son. Yeah, your colleague and his son got gunned down. Man, that's oh. such a shame. Maybe it wasn't an accident." Who yeah. are you? Yeah. Who are you? Oh, I love it. Don't, don't you hate it when people don't answer your questions? Yeah. It must be aggravating when people don't answer your <laughs> questions. Huh? I love that. That, uh, Rupert Fink, just great, great scene. Again, uh-huh. another well, brilliantly acted, mm-hmm. uh, scene. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't my favorite acted scene in the, in the episode though, and I'll get to that just here shortly. Okay. Um, go yeah. ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm no, just looking can't. at, I was looking at the time. Just wanted to make sure. Well, I was going to get into Dana. Yeah. That's what I was going to A little bit. Cause they too. covered her a lot in this, in this episode. I saw, um, I guess after the East Coast, uh, airing of Homeland, I was like looking at Google uh-huh. for news stories and I noticed, uh, somebody called this episode too much 
Dana. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, too much drama, too yeah. much Dana, which I, I kind of agree with a little bit. But let's talk about Dana. It is. Well, she is coming and she's having her own like coming of age story. You know, she's yeah. figuring it out. She's, you know, losing her virginity or having sex a lot. I think she's had sex a lot. Has she had sex a lot? I, I, I'm not trying to wish that. I just think she just based on the conversation she had with Liam last yeah. week, I feel like they got to mess around a bit. Maybe. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. I mean, she is 16 or somewhere around that age. You and somewhere. I decided. Yeah. She's, um, I haven't seen her drive at all yet though, but she's a, but she, this, that's the best way to know if she's 16, if she yeah. can drive. Yep. That is how I tell. <laughs> um, I, who's I, that guy? He's driving. He's at least 16. He must be. He must be at least 16. Yeah. That's how you, 15 that's in how some states. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Was his mother in the car? Passenger seat? Um, I, I'm liking her story, although I can't tell, and I don't know if it's just the way they want her to play it. Yeah. I can't tell whether she's, doesn't really know where, what her character is doing or whether she's just trying to be like really, al- like aloof in her face. Okay. Does that, does that make any sense? Yeah. That does make sense. Um, to me. Uh, I thought for certain when the bathtub started going, I thought she was going to slit her wrists again to get back in to the institution oh. to go see him. I thought that she was going to do that when she's like, oh. Because you did say, is she going back to her, her boyfriend yeah. at that t- time? Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize that's what you thought. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Uh. But instead, she ran away. Yeah, and did, which I which thought is, you predicted. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, that was a lot more. It would have been the level-headed way. <laughs> I was like, is she going to slit her wrists <laughs> yeah, again? Yeah, you're thinking too hard. Keep it yeah. simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. Just just walk yeah. out the window. Stay but out the window. the scene with Dana and her mother in the yeah. bathroom mm-hmm. when she looks at her and she's like I didn't this wasn't a cry for help I wanted to kill myself yeah. I wanted it to all be over and I want to live now and it's because of this guy mm-hmm. and I just thought that was so well acted by Jessica it just yeah. so what like her vulnerability on oh, her that face oh that face Marina Backron's face yeah you pointed that out it was really it was, she was just so it's just her like it, it was and I think that she was so happy and just it was the first time her daughter was opening up to her yeah and they had had this just it was a really like, good yeah they had moment. not been communicating and it's just she's been fighting are you hungry I'm not hungry yeah. like oh it's just they're fighting it was just this one true moment and again kudos to Morgan Saylor too for setting it up yeah, because you Morgan got Saylor the, plays uh, plays Dana. Dana yes. Excuse me, who, who set that up? Because yes. you know you can't have that reaction without. Oh, it was getting getting it. Was it was such a good scene, just the back and forth. Yeah, and I do think that Morgan's character is really like her acting is really you know it's yeah. it's difficult when you cast young actors mm-hmm. and then it gets into a second and third season because yeah. you don't really know if they can play those parts. Yeah. that you're like and go those places that you want to take. Oh, them. absolutely. I mean, uh, what's her name from Mad Men uh, is another example. Um, the daughter from Mad Men, John Hamm's daughter. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's it's difficult because yeah. sometimes they grow in and you're like, oh, they're not really getting where we need them to go. And then you want to develop these storylines, but you know, you have to. Which- there is a lot of hate toward Dana. I, I do get that. You know, I think these characters sometimes you feel they're whiny. I, 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 I'm, I don't know where hate, I like am. Like you hate Dana or hate. Not the actress itself, just oh. hate the character because it just seems like you want to see more of Brody and you want to see oh. more of Carrie and you're like, we're following the family too much and mm-hmm. what's this about the teenage daughter? Well, and I will think, I will save that for predictions actually. Yeah, but I think it's interesting and I know they talked about it a little bit last week too so I just want to touch upon it. Like, like why isn't the son involved uh, as much? And I think it really, ultimately it really is about a daughter and her um, 
a daughter and her uh, father and mm. how it affects her relationships with men in general. And look who she's going for. She's going for, for this guy. guy. She's going for the bad guy, Liam. Mm. And uh, it affects all her relationships. Yeah. And I think that's also the relationship with her and her mom because she sees the way Brody and Jessica were at each other mm-hmm. when he it, came back. It was true. And I think that they'll probably open up a storyline with the son. Eventually. But later on. When we figure out how he got so damn tall and, and thin. Well, is it a different kid? I don't, is it the same kid? I don't think so. I don't, I don't because think Because so. I watched some previous episodes yeah. and it looks like he has the same face. I don't know if he just hit puberty and shot right up. Because if so, yeah. that's an amazing casting job. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But <laughs> I, I would think it's the same kid. I definitely think it's the same kid. Same kid? Yeah. But right. again, I think uh, brilliant. And then, of course, the big reveal at the end. I, I, that scene was amazing, too, because she's pretty much saying, you're not crazy. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Dad was crazy. Yep. Dad lied from the moment he came in here and ruined our lives. And she totally did this true. whole amazing speech. But then she and goes the and she pulls out the, the prayer rug mm-hmm. and looks like she's starting to convert a little bit. And, well, and it's it, a remembrance. To, it, it, yeah, it, I don't know if she was trying, starting to convert when she, found, when she found it. And it looked yeah. like a bath mat, not a prayer rug. It was so funny. Well, it's what he used, I guess. But... It when she w- it was almost like she wanted to be close to him in some way. Mm-hmm. She wanted to understand why he was the way that he was or yeah. how he got to be. Mm-hmm. She's a very she's a big thinker. Yeah, this one. I, I got to start wrapping this up because we started a little bit late. Oh, and no I, I don't want Steve to yell. Like, there's so much more. Actually, I'm Steve's, surprised. Steve's a yeller. I didn't think that we were going to yell, but yeah. I, I'm just saying. I didn't think we'd have this much to talk really about. Nice. I'm surprised. I love. I, I miss. <laughs> I miss talking with you. I really oh. do. Uh, I'm going to do one quick news and uh, gossip thing just because I. I teased it earlier okay but uh the man who plays mike yep. which is uh we're never going to use the audio <laughs> that sounds for like it. its own show the man, yeah, who, the man plays. who plays mike there's the mic there's the thing uh <laughs> it's like really quick he uh he's on the black one of the reasons why he's on homeland is because he's on uh the blacklist he's okay. one of the he's one of the oh. leads on the blacklist which just got picked up for a full season so there's news so if oh. you want to know what happens to that a character if you're like lauren and you really think he's a hunk and you want to follow him he's on the blacklist on monday nights on that's NBC. that's the one with the guy that played the lawyer and the secretary the movie what's his name James Spader? Yes. Okay, James Spader, Red <laughs> Reddington. Yes. It's a really good show. Uh, I was supposed to be doing that show. I, I, I'm not able to right now, but uh, but um, the A-team from uh, Bates Motel with the rest of us, uh, oh. they're doing it. Anyway, let's go to predictions really quickly. Because you have a prediction. Oh, I do. I hope I didn't forget it. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Ooh, spooky lights when they do that. I have a lot of predictions, and now I forgot them all. But my prediction about Dana yeah. is I think... And I think this is going to be like a, a season prediction, but mm-hmm. I think that it, they're building all this up for Dana because I think that Dana is going to end up doing something to her father. Like, mm. I think that he will end up coming back at the very, very end. I know that this is going to be a crazy road to get here. Yeah. But when she sees her father again, she will end up being violent with him. Mm. And I think that they're, I think that they're doing this to build her character to kind of give them, you know. Yeah. I that's 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 one of mine. You tell your predictions, and I'll see if I can remember my. Well, own. my my, uh, my prediction. To be honest, I'm going to piggyback off of something that Lauren said mm-hmm. uh, last week uh, that blew her mind. But after seeing what happened this week, I think it's oh. true. Yeah. Pregnant. I'm pregnant. Yep. Totally pregnant. <laughs> Uh, she Dana's blew her be own mind that episode. She blew her own mind that episode. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say she's preggers. I'm gonna oh. say she's got a Liam love child in the in the belly. I can I could see that. Yeah, I could totally. totally see that. And I could also see her running away with Liam. Yeah. Um. I I think that uh um Owen no Clive what's his name Quinn Quinn damn it <laughs> Clive Owen otherwise known as Clive Owen uh Quinn I think that he is going to go on he's he's just gonna have a vision quest he's changed he's changed he has changed 
He's a different man now. It's going to be interesting seeing Almost going to go rogue. Ooh, I can see that totally. Yeah. I, it's been such a pleasure doing Yay. a show with you again, Dua. <laughs> I'm really glad we got to do this more often. All right. Uh, I'll be back here next week. I mean, you might be, too. I'm not sure what the... I don't think I can be back here. I will right. be I'll be filling in when I can. Okay. But then you and I are on Baits together well, in, what, we'll February? Back. Yeah. So, February, and, guys. I know Thaddeus and Lauren uh, will be back, and I think John will, too. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But where can we find you if we can't find you here? Um, you can't find me anywhere. I'm hidden. You're hidden? <laughs> no. Okay. Gonna, or you can find me at Dua Casey on Twitter. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and you can find me at Nando Bell on Twitter. <laughs> Till then, thanks a lot for joining us, and tune in next week for another episode of Homeland on AfterBuzz. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank Thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 